Hello, everyone. Welcome to the happiest pod on earth. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Ariel. And I'm Travis. And we're Disney fans, but we're really so much more than that. Like, I'm an educator who uses passions and fandoms to help my students grow and learn about themselves and the world around them. And I'm a mental health therapist who uses clients' passions and fandoms to help them heal and achieve mental wellness. And I'm an actor, writer, podcaster that explores various passions and fandoms to help inspire fellow artists. Here at Happiest Pod, it's a place where we dissect Disney mediums with a critical lens. Why? Because just like we are more than just Disney fans, we expect more from the mediums we consume. Yes, certainly. And today we are going to delve into a very fun topic because tis the season. So what Disney media or experience are we going to dissect today? We're going to be dissecting spooky season Mm. and some of the fun things that I have done and that Travis and I have done. Um, Travis is our friend who is a huge pop culture nerd, just like us. He has an affinity for Broadway theater and uh, very specifically voice acting. Uh, In our group chat that we have with Billy, Travis regularly leaves audio clips impersonating various cartoon characters. And I will say he does the best Sebastian impersonation. Uh, And he's Mm -hmm. also Billy's fellow podcaster on The Movie Grader and Friends. Uh, Travis, why don't you share a little bit more about yourself? Uh, And then we can dive into some spooky goodness. Yeah, totally. Uh, First of all, thanks for having me, you guys. I'm a huge fan of the show. I listen to every episode. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yay! Yay! Thank you. I mean, I already know you guys, but I'm a fan of the show. <laughs> yeah, so it's yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, I uh, I've lived here in the LA area for about seven years now. I originally grew up in West Virginia. I've uh, performed on stage in various productions. Um, I've also gotten to act on screen as well in Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Uh, shout out to Kevin Smith. <laughs> uh, and uh, on that note, I'm a massive fanboy for all things Kevin Smith, Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and of course Disney. Uh, prior to the pandemic. I was a staff writer for That's My Entertainment, uh, which is an entertainment-based website that covers everything in pop culture from movies and TV to various comic cons throughout the country. Um, uh, more recently, I joined uh, Billy's uh, The Movie Greater and Friends podcast. So The Movie Greater and Friends, I'm one of the and friends. <laughs> <laughs> you are the and friends. Is that what you're saying? Because I believe it. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm, I'm the and friends. Yeah. <laughs> Melissa and I are the and friends. Um, but yes, it's... Uh, uh, yeah, it's um, it's been a lot of fun and uh, I'm really excited to be here today to talk about uh, spooky season and uh, uh, hocus pocus awesome and we are so happy to have you travis i know we always talk offline about plenty of things that have been coming out i know you and i have been like constantly talking about star wars which we're super excited about and um you and ariel hung out and did the whole hocus pocus thing and for those listeners out there um here in the la area um freeform the the channel had a really cool pop-up, right, Ariel, that you guys got to go to as well, but then you also got to watch Hocus Pocus in theaters. We saw Hocus Pocus in theaters, and then I went to Freeform without Travis. Ha, ha, ha. We're just kidding. Boo, indeed. I I agree. (laughs) No, I'm I'm just kidding. kidding. But yeah, we we did go to um, the theaters and saw uh, 
Hocus Pocus in theaters, despite it being a movie that's been out since uh, 1993. Um, there is a, a seasonal uh, yearly annual event at El Capitan, which we talked about in a previous episode, um, uh, the theater that's owned by Disney, and they regularly play Hocus Pocus and Nightmare Before Christmas. But before we get started on that, Steph had uh, something special she wanted us to do on the podcast today, something different. Yes, definitely. It's something that I've heard on um, podcasts that I've been listening to lately, and um, I thought it would be a fun thing to do because the podcast I listen to is about best friends, and because I am on a podcast with my best friend and also friends that are best in my life, um, I decided that we could do a cool um, character quiz, one of those who are you quizzes. And I know that they have really cool ones on BuzzFeed, but they do also have ones on ohmydisney.com, which is um, more of targeted towards fans. And so we are going to together but separately do a which hocus pocus character are you quiz ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> so what's going to happen is that we are going to go through this quiz and we're going to see who we get personality wise i'm going to read off the questions and then we're all going to take a couple seconds to answer so what i can do is um are you guys queued up to the quiz on yes, your screens yes and I can go ahead and describe the little description that they have on here. And it says, what is it about Hocus Pocus that has cemented it as an icon of Halloween time pop culture for all of these years? Is it the wardrobe? Excellent. Soundtrack? Hoppin'. Script? Clever. It's all that and so much more, friends. Now that Hocus Pocus is available on digital Blu-ray and movies anywhere and a special 25th anniversary edition, I don't know when this was published, but I'm sure it's still available. <laughs> it's time for you to pause that marathon to discover which character truly represents you. Find out if you're more of a Sanderson sister, immortal cat, or slightly goofy but cute high school student. I hope I'm a cat. <laughs> I, 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 I'm probably going to be a high school student, but we'll see. <laughs> I'm going to be the Sanderson sister, baby. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. So there's 10 questions. Let's start. Number one, I believe in Salem's legend of the Sanderson sisters. True or false? Do, 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 do. If we did the Jeopardy right. theme song, is that proprietary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. All right. Next question. This Halloween, I'm going to be 80s Madonna, Dracula, a witch or a zombie? Enter your answer. Okay. Mm, this one's hard for me. Okay, whatever. I'll just pick one. <laughs> Third question. My best quality is my sense of smell, my big heart, my wisdom beyond my years, or my happy-go-lucky attitude? Oh. <laughs> All right. Next question. If I were a witch, my favorite type of spell would be anything that looks like green lightning, cheating death, speaking another language, or creating a cool outfit. I think I know which one you're going to pick, Steph. I don't need magic to create a cool outfit. I could just use my skills. <laughs> Next question. When I hear the song, I put a spell on you. I... Sing along heartily, dance like no one's looking, roll my eyes, or grab the mic and steal the show. 
all of the above. No. <laughs> exactly. I was like, you could grab the mic and steal the show and sing along heartily. While then you're dancing. Dance like, like no one's looking and roll your eyes at people who don't care what you're doing. <laughs> I want to drag my mouse and then just like highlight all of them. <laughs> okay. Next question. My relationship with books is totally normal or a bit obsessive? Mm. That was a good question, whether or not you watch Hocus Pocus. <laughs> yeah, the, the interesting thing about these is I've taken the quizzes where it's always like, always four answers or mm-hmm. always yes or no. So this one's kind of mixing it up. I like that. Yeah. This is like the type of quiz I do at school. <laughs> 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 Gotta shake it up. <laughs> okay. Next question. Question seven. My older brother is... Okay, well, I don't have an older brother. I don't either. <laughs> um, but I can... I guess we can associate with, like, an older an older cousin or something. That's what I'm going to do. All right, my older brother is a doofus, pretty cool, overprotective, or imaginary. <laughs> <laughs> I should have read these through. I do have an older brother, and I have do. an answer. <laughs> Question eight. The best Halloween treat to cook from scratch is caramel apples, pumpkin chili, edible eyeballs, or worms and dirt. Pumpkin chili? (laughs) (laughs) I've never had pumpkin chili. But also, are edible eyeballs like, it's like eggs? Uh, Yeah, deviled eggs. Deviled eggs with um, them. I was thinking chocolate. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah, like those, like those little chocolate candies that, like, in the yeah. shape of an eyeball. Yeah. But it said from scratch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, am I, am I the chocolatier? <laughs> <laughs> Question nine: My favorite mode of transportation is broom, vacuum, bus, or foot. Um, <laughs> huh. This is a pointed question. <laughs> All right, you guys ready for the last question? Mm -hmm. All right. I'm a cat person or a dog person? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (sighs) I I don't know why I couldn't have all of it, but... Oh, I got an answer. Okay, I got an answer, too. I got one, too. All right, Travis, you go first, because you're our guest. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm very excited to say I'm Winifred and Sanderson. Hey! Yay! <laughs> yes. You called it. You were going to be a Sanderson sister. Awesome. My favorite one, too. <laughs> what does it say? What's the little blurb? Oh, it says, uh, you're a natural leader with a chillingly good singing voice and a penchant for making the impossible possible. Sure, your family might get on your ner- get on your nerves every once in a while, but they've got your back. I love that. And you do have a good singing voice. <laughs> you do. Just a good speaking anything voice in general. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Ariel, what did you get? I'm Zachary Binks. Yay. <laughs> you called me too. Wise beyond your years, protective of those you love, and as sarcastic as possible for a cat, you're the glue that holds your group of friends together. Awesome. All right. I got... Sarah Sanderson. Oh, so you weren't a high schooler. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not a high schooler, but I I like Sarah because she's like kind of dumb. <laughs> she reminds me of what's her name from Mean Girls? Like there's a 30% chance it's already raining. And I 
Oh my god, I totally forgot her name, but um, but yeah, I. Uh, it's not Gretchen Wieners. No, it's not Gretchen. <laughs> it's anyway, but. I liked her and Mean Girls, and I feel like Sarah's a lot like her. She's kind of like the dumb one. Yes. <laughs> but it says, your haunting voice could lure a child out of their bed and to any concert venue. You value your appearance and are filled with wide-eyed wonder and long to be taken seriously by your superiors. Just don't run amok, 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 amok. Nice. You do have a hauntingly beautiful voice as well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was fun. That was a lot of fun. That was fun. Thanks for taking this quiz with me. <laughs> Thanks for presenting it to us. Um, personality quizzes are fun. I used to do them in my class also. Um, it was really cool to do them collectively with my class. But also if the kids were you know, in front of a laptop, it was really fun to see like who they would get. We would do it with literary characters um, after we read a book. Um, and it's really fun for them to associate with a certain character and kind of see themselves reflected in it. So I thought it would be really fun to do it here. And also... Ever since I heard it on a podcast, I was like, hey, I could do it on here. Yeah. And I would like to talk about some uh, movie tidbits on Bound Hocus Pocus. Oh, yeah, Ooh. sure. Okay. Okay. So first, did you know that you can actually visit some of the filming locations from Hocus Pocus? Because it was actually filmed in Salem, Massachusetts. What? All right. Everybody, grab your pen and paper or... If you are on a computer, type rapidly. Okay. <laughs> All right. Max and Danny's house is 4 Ocean Avenue, Salem, Massachusetts. Oh. Allison's house, which is known as the Ropes Mansion, is 318 Essex Streets, Salem, Massachusetts. The Old Burial Hill Cemetery is 50 Orange Street, Marblehead, Massachusetts. And then finally... Binks's house. You could visit Binks's house. Oh. It's in Pioneer Village at 98 West Avenue, Salem, Massachusetts. <laughs> now, I, I share this because I have actually been to Salem. And I have <laughs> I did actually go see these locations. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> How lucky. All right. Next, Doug Jones. He plays Billy Butcherson. Mm -hmm. Travis, where would we know Doug Jones from if uh, you didn't see this movie? Uh, you would know him... Uh, pr probably best known for me. Uh, you, it probably best known as uh, he's basically Guillermo del Toro's go-to guy. He plays every monster that is ever in any of his movies, like uh, The Shape of Water. He's the creature uh, for um, uh, pa mm. Pan's Labyrinth. He's Pan as well. Actually, Pan's Labyrinth. I think he plays pretty much every one of those. Everybody. Yeah, one of <laughs> every, all of those creatures. Like the guy with the eyes in his hands, and like just all the creepy characters. Uh, uh, also, uh, for comic book fans, uh, he was uh, Abe Sapien in uh, uh, the Hellboy movies. Uh, so yeah, mm -hmm. he's uh, yeah he's a very vast career. Um, uh, a lot of time, but it's it's so weird. Like he has such an amazing, incredible, vast career that spanned you know like decades at this point. But it's like we never, or very seldom, do we ever see his real face. It's usually <laughs> under a bunch of makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. He's a pro with that special effects makeup and like almost looks nothing like any of the creatures. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's kind of like, what's his name? Um, Andy Serkis before he like decided to play himself in a lot of things. <laughs> exactly. Yes. We never see Andy Serkis's face. <laughs> Billy Butcherson uh, is, uh, ends up being a zombie in the film. Uh, only zombie I've seen lose his head and still live. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> there is a scene where he um, cuts his mouth open because uh, Winifred, uh, who caught him 
cheating with her sister Sarah, cursed him to not tell his secrets even in death, which I feel like uh, they said that she was a jealous woman. Nobody commented on the fact that he was a cheater and that his, the sister was cheating. It was all that Winifred was like a crazy ex, but whatever, you know, it was them times. <laughs> so takes takes a pocket knife, breaks these stitchings on his lips to call her um, uh, one of the best, uh, I, I don't know, like a clapback. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was one of the best clapbacks. There you go. Um, and he wrote it himself because uh, apparently they were. He was originally just supposed to say "bitch." Oh dang! Oh okay. Oh wow. Which I didn't know that that they could say that in Disney movies. And, and he was like, "I don't think I should say this," so he wrote his own thing. Um, now, because his mouth has been sewn shut and he's dead, uh, dust and moths fly out of his mouth. Now, here's the thing: is CGI wasn't that good back in 1993. So um, they relied on special effects. And uh, Steph and I did talk about old school special effects in the WandaVision style episode. Mm-hmm. That was episode 16. So in that scene, uh, those are real moths Ew. flying mm. out of his mouth. Ew. Oh, that's... <laughs> they had a retainer with a latex sheath ah. that protected him from the items going in his mouth. <laughs> He wow. said he could feel the moths fluttering. Oh my gosh. So he was wearing a condom? He's wearing a condom in his mouth. In his mouth. In his mouth. In his mouth. <laughs> yes. Yes. Tight. And um and they had to do it in two takes because the first Blech. take apparently the lights burnt out. Oh no. <laughs> Of all the things, man, yes. that's that's yes. crazy. That that actually makes me think of a, a, a di- different movie, but uh, the Candyman. <laughs> uh, uh, Tony Todd actually had bees in his mouth. <laughs> so oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. So he probably mm-hmm. had that retainer sheath thing as well. Yeah. Um, so if you watch the movie and you see that scene, have more respect for that actor. Um, and that I, wasn't a stunt. It, it was, was not him. a stunt. It was him. Gross. With moss in his mouth. <laughs> and dust. They put dust in there too. Had to all out. Gotta love it. All for the craft. I love it. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. All right. Final uh, interesting facts. Um, NCIS star Sean Murray played oh, the yeah. human version of Binks. I always thought that was so funny. <laughs> uh, an actor, Jason Marsden, uh, he was actually the voice mm-hmm. of both human and feline Binks. Um, he actually, in 2017, told Daily Beast that the producers used his voice because they thought Murray's was too contemporary and they wanted Binks to sound like he was from the time period of the witches and I guess Marsden's voice sounded affected accent. I don't know what an affected accent sounds like, but apparently it sounds period piece. So they they thought that they thought that Max Goof is better than, than Sean Murray. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh Max God. from the Goofy movie. Yeah, you uh, you have an ancient three hundred year old accent. <laughs> I guess it checks out. <laughs> Finally, the costume designer, Mary Vaught, said that Bette Midler inspired her own costume. She wanted uh, color. She wanted Mm -hmm. sparkle. She did not want to wear all black. Whereas um, the outfit for Sarah was inspired by Sleeping Beauty and the Mm. outfit for Mary was inspired by a baker's uniform. So there are your fun, fun facts. Cool. That's awesome. (laughs) Now I'm like really trying to think. I'm like, oh, she does kind of look like Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Oh, she does kind of look like a baker. Yeah. But she also looks like the mayor 
from Night Before Christmas. She do though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but how was, I mean, how was watching Hocus Pocus now in the time of your lives? Because I know we rewatch this movie every so often, mm-hmm. but I feel like so many things have changed in the past year. Like, did it have like a different effect on you? Was it like comforting, like nostalgia? Was it, um, did you see things in a different light? Like, was there any differences in seeing it? Obviously, because you're in a movie theater now. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, did, did you guys feel anything different watching it? Yeah, I think for me, I, I always get the sense of nostalgia and there are the scenes where like I will, uh, in, in theater, I didn't say it out loud. I just mouthed it. But there are like certain lines that I, I always, my go-to lines Mm -hmm. um they aren't even the common ones that everybody uh says but they're just the ones that i enjoy Mm -hmm. um i think for me it it definitely i saw it with some new lens and some new eyes uh simply because um the california references uh for uh, max calling him hollywood and the fact that like he says i'm from los angeles and they like do a question mark and so he says la and then that somehow made them understand the bullies i remember that i remember that and like the the dudes i know we say dude a lot but like i don't think we emphasize it with such a, a elongated end <laughs> Dude. <laughs> it's, that's such a 90s thing. Totally. And the tie-dye, the funny thing about him wearing tie-dye and them calling out to it in essentially the first scene um, is that I was just wearing tie-dye the other day and I don't consider it a, like, <laughs> a California thing. I think everybody wears tie-dye. Like, I, I bought my tie-dye at Walmart. Like, it wasn't that. <laughs> So I don't know dated references. Uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think I didn't have those same feelings when I wasn't living in Los Angeles. Yeah, um, I uh, I mean I always definitely get the sense of nostalgia, and it's it's very present. I think in the, the well in the dialogue as well as the performances. Like you know, it is very hammy and campy. Uh, really, it mm. definitely it's definitely set in the nineties. You know, but uh, <laughs> um, but. Uh, uh, as far as seeing it differently now, uh, like since uh, the pandemic, not uh, I can't really think of anything specifically that I would say I viewed differently. Just uh, I, did, I did notice like while we were watching it, though, like certain uh, moments since you were just talking about the bully scene, it made me think of it again. Um, uh, how they in the in that scene, they end up taking his shoes and. Uh, uh, Ice ends up wearing them for the rest of the movie, and I was like, the first thing that went through my mind, I'm like, I wouldn't want to wear somebody else's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to get athlete's foot, you know. That's true. <laughs> like, yeah. No, <laughs> disgusting. Totally. And then he steals them back, and I'm like, bro, someone else was wearing your shoes. First of all, that's disgusting that he was yeah. willing to wear them, but now you're gonna wear them after he wore them after you wore them exactly <laughs> like i was just like <laughs> every time i watch hocus pocus i just i just can't get over the fact that you know bet midler kathy and jimmy and um sarah jessica parker become such like i mean they're already like i mean bet midler is like already legendary mm-hmm. and i think as like i started watching it again growing up i'm like this lady's like an icon and look at her doing her witch thing like on and because I used to watch it on Disney Channel so I it in my head it was never like a theatrical release because I don't like remember that I just remember it always just being on Disney Channel all the time and mm-hmm. then like 
making those connections and then you know seeing Sarah Jessica Parker and like sex, sex in the City and then you know Kathy Jimmy doing like her 100 million roles and like everything she's been in and I adore her and Sister Act so <laughs> I was just like wait wait that's sister what's her name like she's in that so those are the things that I always go to and I think that's comforting for me because I pull all of these different pop culture references yeah. and I go oh my gosh they all came together for this Disney movie that you know it's just so campy and like weird and like it, it could totally be a Disney Channel movie if it wanted to be because mm-hmm. I feel like Halloween Town and a lot of those other movies pulled so much from Hocus Pocus and maybe it was just that 90s magic that made them all kind of happy <laughs> Have that, you know, let's make fun of this big city guy. And, <laughs> you know, like there it was always just kind of fish out of water situations yeah. that um, were very were very funny and very 90s to me. So, yeah. And I think uh, when you're talking about the three sisters um, it, in there in therapy, you learn about what they call family constellations. So those tropes of like the eldest child, the middle mm-hmm. child and the youngest child. And these characters are written in those archetypes so well. Like Mm -hmm. Winifred is certainly a leader. She certainly has to keep her siblings in line. She has to be bossy. She's the one who's got to have like planning ahead and thinking ahead. And then you have Mary, who's the peacekeeper, who's the middle child, who doesn't get the special things, um, seems to um, have to try and make herself known or present. And then you have Sarah, who is the youngest child, so she's got the most freedom. She's somewhat of an airhead, isn't reliable, um, uh, and can easily be essentially um, bossed around and told what to do because she's not paying attention. Like, Mm -hmm. those tropes are so well written with these three (laughs) sisters. If you just cut out the scenes with everybody else and just like watch them, it would be like the the best way to educate students on family constellation uh, amped up, obviously very campy. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe maybe one of these days I'll pull it out (laughs) and be like, all right, guys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to watch Hocus Pocus. We're going to dissect it. (laughs) But uh, Travis, tell us. Tell Seth about our experience at El Capitan Theater. Yeah, how oh, was yeah. that? I know, I mean, I love watching theater, I mean, any sort of movie there, and I haven't been back since. Uh, so please, how do, how was it? Oh, it was excellent. Um, uh, th- this was actually my first time back to the El Cap since, uh, uh, since the pandemic started, which funnily enough, the last movie that I saw in a theater period uh, before the pandemic started was at the El Cap. I saw Mary Poppins there back in uh, last year in oh. 2020. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, it was, it was a cool uh, little moment like, yay, we're back. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, but, um, uh, but yeah, it was, it was really neat. Um, this has actually become an annual Halloween tradition for me. Uh, I've been going since uh, 2017 uh, this was my fourth time seeing it at the El Cap overall, um, and uh, usually, yeah, and uh, usually uh, they uh, so uh, basically with every movie at the El Cap, they'll have uh, like different props or costumes or mm-hmm. something on display with mm-hmm. the movie, uh, you know, because Disney can just pull that from the archive. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, u- usually for October, uh, since because they always play Nightmare Before Christmas at the end of the month as well, mm-hmm. uh, they usually like combine the two for the display. So like they'll have like a whole section devoted to Nightmare Before Christmas and then the, the other section be devoted mm-hmm. completely to Hocus Pocus. Um, in, uh, in previous years, the Hocus Pocus section was always seemed kind of like off to the side a bit like it was just like its own little thing and then nightmare before christmas pretty much took up the rest of the hallway uh but this year it was different uh, this year actually it was uh, they had the display upstairs as opposed to downstairs 
Um, and it, uh, yeah, and uh, they did have uh, some Nightmare things on display this year, um, including like uh, some of the uh, uh, Jack Skellington heads that uh, that different artists have made. Uh, they're really impressive. Uh, we got some pictures of those. Um, uh, they also had. Uh, in addition to that, uh, for the uh, for the Hocus Pocus side, um, they ended up having this year, which I didn't notice before, but they had uh, Sarah's du- uh, double broom. Uh, oh, cool! To, yeah, with the two sections, yeah, it was behind glass, so you couldn't touch it. But <laughs> they had that on display. <laughs> um, uh, they also also behind glass, they had book. <laughs> book. book. <laughs> Come to mommy. <laughs> yes, that's, that's always my favorite thing to see every time they have that on display. I'm like, and like uh, the, the only thing I'm just like, I wish like the eye actually moved. Like that would be so cool. <laughs> but, That'd be so cool. Yeah. yeah. But, so cool. Disney, are you hearing this? <laughs> Make it happen. Yes. Yeah. Come on, Disney. <laughs> you have the money. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, oh, also they had a. Um, in addition to that, they also have the uh, the. This is probably my favorite piece, and it was uh, what it was really cool about getting to see it this time is it actually was not behind glass this time. It was like out in all her glory. But they have the. Uh, the statue of Winifred Sanderson from the end of the film when her character turns to stone uh, because she's uh, she steps on hollowed ground and turns to stone. Uh, so uh, they have that yeah. actual statue in like on display there in the lobby. And it's like it was so cool to be able to see it up that close uh, because previously I'd only ever really seen it behind glass. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, that that was amazing this time. And they also uh, in addition to that, like it, uh, they also had a. Uh, photo op setup, which they haven't had in previous years, uh, but um, they had a photo op set up mm-hmm. in the front with um, uh, uh, Sarah's mop uh, that she flies on <laughs> at the end of the movie. So, <laughs> so you could like, so you could hop on that and basically get your picture taken riding the mop. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Which I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really did. Yeah, I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was it was really cool. And then uh, inside the auditorium, even uh, this time uh, they, uh, which they haven't had in previous years, this time they had a big. Uh, projection on the curtains uh, that actually had the movie's logo, Hocus Pocus, at then at the El Capitan Theater. So, you know, like it felt like a really special, exclusive thing. And uh, the boxes of the theater had uh, um, off to the sides, left and right, they had uh, a bunch of Halloween decor and jack o' lanterns. And uh, the, the lighting mm-hmm. inside the auditorium was really impressive, too. It was like a mixture of like. Uh, like a pink and an orange and a purple, like it was. Mm-hmm. It just like it felt very Halloween. So it was. Yeah. It was re- yeah. It was really. It was really neat to see and really cool to see that like this movie's actually getting love this year. Um, but then mm-hmm. I stopped to think about it and I was like, you know, it's probably. And uh, they even mentioned this before the movie came on uh, when they were introducing the movie uh, that uh, Hocus Pocus Two is currently in production. So I yeah. think they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're really trying to show their love for the movie and it kind of get people excited about the sequel coming mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yep and that sequel's supposed to come out i think next year is that right uh yeah uh, this time next year it's gonna debut uh, this is the part that kind of saddens me. it's gonna be exclusively on disney plus i really huh. i really would prefer to see it in the theater though because uh, like the i mean i mean i understand you know the first one didn't do well 20 or so years ago but i mean this movie has enough staying power that i really think it sure. could be the success at the box office if they did release it theatrically but 
you know, I mean. Well, with Disney being the corporate conglomerate that make more money from subscriptions <laughs> that's, yeah, than you, just one that's ticket true. sale. So I, I understand <laughs> yeah. that push. Um, and you know what? What's probably going to happen is that because it has such a great cult following and because they've made so much off of the merch. I mean, last time I was at Downtown Disney, they had a whole section for new Hocus Pocus merch. I've never seen that before. And like normally it's just Haunted Mansion, obviously Nightmare Before Christmas. But lo and behold, in the middle, there were T-shirts, there were Halloween decorations, there were mugs, buttons, pins, all of these things just dedicated to Hocus Pocus. And I'm like, this is rad. Like, I think they're really banking on the fact that, yes, there's going to be a Disney Plus movie, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that that thing's going to end up in theaters for like a special like theatrical release of an event, probably at the El Capitan <laughs> or maybe even like a screening somewhere. And then they're they're going to, you know, make it a special thing that people have to buy tickets to. And what will people do? buy tickets to it <laughs> for sure yeah I, I i really yeah i do i do think that'll probably for us uh lucky angelinos we'll probably get to see it at the yeah. el cap or somewhere you know like or maybe even at disneyland or something you know maybe somewhere mm-hmm. somewhere i'll do it but you know sadly for yeah. everyone else in america though they're gonna have to just watch it on their tv but, but uh seeing the movie at the el capitan um the ticket came with popcorn Nice. Which I didn't know, and neither did Travis. <laughs> I went to actually buy popcorn, <laughs> and they're like, "No, it's included." Um, and uh, so we went to an early morning, ten o'clock showing uh, in the morning, not ten p.m. a.m. Uh, Ariel made me get up for this, y'all. Yes, I made him get up early and meet me at El Capitan that early because I um, had to take care of the dog and the cat, and mm. my dog who has. High anxiety cannot be left alone for too long or she will destroy things. So this was that was the compromise for me to be able to leave the house. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure that is an experience in itself. The only time I was ever near the El Capitan really that early was for a pin drop at the soda fountain. Ooh. And that is a whole experience that I can go into another time. But um like Hollywood Boulevard is so interesting in the daytime. It's so much more fantastical at night. It's kind of like Las Vegas in the daytime. And you're just kind of like, oh, okay. Here, well, so so we had an experience, uh, mm-hmm. which I'll go into in just a second. But yeah. um, we did get to see one of the organ players. Uh, this oh, organ hey. player was Dean Mora. It was not, um, I think his name is Rob Richardson, the guy who's on One Day at Disney. Um, nevertheless, Dean Mora is still a very cool organ player. He actually plays at the Cicada Restaurant and Lounge, which is an Art Deco <gasps> nightclub built in 1928. Yeah. I might have seen the guy. Yeah. <laughs> I might have seen that guy there. <laughs> um, it's located in the Oviet building in downtown LA. Oviet building. Oviet. Okay, yes. there we go. Yeah. Um, and then he also plays uh, for Silent Cinema Society, which is dedicated in preserving the art and technology of silent cinema. So during the summer, they will play um, sets around LA, um, and he and his band will play the live music as the film is playing. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, the I've been to the Cicada Club for uh, my birthday like uh, a couple years ago. And yeah, they always have like a piano player and organ player before the big band comes up. So he might have been the guy. And it, and I suggest if you love anything swing dancing or 40s um, and you get a reservation at the Cicada Club, it is beautiful and you really get transported like back into time. Yes. 
And they do Halloween things. They do do Halloween things. And I think, I mean, speaking of spooky season, I think there's so many things happening now in L.A. that I just can't keep track. I think Halloween has like people want to celebrate it like ASAP. Oh, it starts in August. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, I know it always did, but it feels even more intense now because we need to make up for last year <laughs> and the lack of trick-or-treating and the lack of like use of decorations and costumes. Like people are just dying to celebrate spooky season and I think it's really cool. Okay, so back to the the tales of Hollywood and Highland uh, during the day. So Travis and I are watching the film and then the film ends and we're just... uh sitting for the semi uh, after scene credit, which isn't really after scene credit, the two guys in the cages singing row, row, row your boat. And then the theater guy comes out. Uh, he says, There's been, there have been some police activity in the neighborhood. We're not gonna be able to allow you to exit through the front door. Uh, we'll have, <laughs> we will have cast members escort you out the back. <laughs> you know, if you, if you are parked at Hollywood and Highland across the street, which Ariel and I both were, you may not be able to get to your vehicle for mm-hmm. <laughs> for some time. We don't know exactly when. <laughs> That's the moment where we just freak out. Like, what? <laughs> like, and <laughs> Hashtag just LA things because that happens every day. <laughs> so we're like looking at each other and we're like, OK, we didn't get a picture with the props. So I guess we'll just stay in here to take some pictures with the props. <laughs> And use the bathroom. By the time we did all that, eventually the, I guess, activity had died down that we could get to our vehicles and exit. But I was sweating bullets because, as I mentioned, I had to get to my dog. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you guys are safe and that, you know, it didn't totally be a spooky, spooky situation where you couldn't get out. But, I mean, what a cool place to kind of be locked down in, the El Capitan, right? Yeah, Yeah, it was very lovely. (laughs) You were in good. Oh, were there a lot of people in the theater? Like, what was the capacity or, you know, attendance? Maybe there was 12 people. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, those are those early shows really don't <laughs> attract a lot of people. But uh, I did notice like most of most of the people attending, though, were like people with kids, families, you know, like yeah. well, y- young children. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, so I guess, you know, they get up early on a Saturday morning. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, not a bunch of two old adults like us. <laughs> I mean, you guys clearly expressed the ways you were dragged out of the house <laughs> at that ungodly hour on the weekend. <laughs> but shout out to the El Capitan for taking security measures and yes. keeping you all safe, yes. even though, you know, it it could have been worse and that would might have been considered a minor thing. They did take those precautions to, you know, keep their patrons safe. And yeah. I think that's something noteworthy. That's nice. Totally. Yeah. Uh, also, also, I'd like to shout out the LCAP for uh, making sure Ariel got a parking validation ticket. Because yes. <laughs> <yeah, laughs> we were worried about that as well, because that they had yeah. blocked off the whole area. And um, that was pretty sad, but they ended up getting her a ticket for that. So that was amazing. Okay. <laughs> Again, being uh, someone that lives in L.A. and deals with a lot of parking structures, uh, when I parked at Hollywood and Highland, I got out of my car and I checked my purse to make sure I brought my, my parking ticket with me because I knew I wanted to get it validated. And I saw a parking card in my purse. <laughs> oh, uh, no. Turns out it was not the one for that building. It was one from another building the day before. <laughs> um, so uh, after some 
some maneuvering around in the back. I guess they have these special uh, cards that allow you to get reimbursed for your parking that you can scan as well. And not just having your original ticket. Uh, so that was pretty cool because otherwise um, that would have sucked. <laughs> I'm really glad that you guys got to celebrate spooky season so early um i think the only thing that i've done so far is um that last time i was at downtown disney i was able to all the halloween merch just came out that weekend and so world of disney was like decked out with just like a bunch of haunted mansion things and um a bunch of nightmare before christmas and it was the first day of oogie boogie even though i sadly did not get tickets to oogie boogie um those things went on sale and they went fast. I think they went in like the first couple days, but um, because we ended up eating at uh, not Tangaro Terrace, but uh, the Trader Sam's Enchanted Tiki Bar next Yay! to the Disneyland Hotel, um, we got to see the fireworks and got to see the Oogie Boogie like show from the garden of the Disneyland Hotel. Mm. Even though we couldn't be in there, they play the soundtrack for the fireworks while well, you can see it past the trees. Yay! So that was definitely like cool and it made me feel like I was included <laughs> being on the property but not being at Oogie Boogie Bash. But uh, I saw some pretty cool costumes. I saw somebody who like, super on point dressed up like xenon oh um, nice it was, yes zeta sapitas totally that is a, that is that is a deep cut deep cut <laughs> and they were totally in their 30s like us. i could just tell um just because I, I i knew that like they had to get these costumes down so right and only somebody who was born like in our time would mm-hmm. want to do that because it's it's it resonates so deep in my heart um but yeah her and her best friend were um were were dressed up as xenon and um yeah i and that was already like end of september <laughs> So that was like the only Halloween thing that I've done so far. But I think I think definitely for me, uh, where we're going to try to go trick or treating for the first time with my son, which is really exciting. He he doesn't eat candy, but I do. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Do you have a costume idea for him? Because I think uh, last year it was the Mandalorian. Yes. Yeah. Last year was a Mandalorian. He was only like six months at the time. So um, I got him a Baby Yoda or Grogu costume. Actually, at the time, I don't even think Grogu was. He didn't have a name name. He didn't have a name. No, he didn't. He was still Baby Yoda. Still the child. Yeah, still the child. So I bought that off of Shop Disney. Um, It was like a little onesie with uh, with a hat and the hat was his face. And I was Cara Dune and my husband was the Mandalorian. And he basically spent all the money on the helmet and uh, got our kind of crappily printed sweater that was supposed to be like armor but i'm like you know what we're not even trick-or-treating this year like everybody's in lockdown so all i need to do is make the instagram picture look okay (laughs) (laughs) it looked good and it looked good um yeah so this year um uh, my son's gonna be pikachu and both of us are gonna be team rocket grunts so yeah that's that's gonna be our costume this year very cool very cool Prepare for trouble. Make it double. Make it double. Yes. <laughs> but I can't be Jesse. Her hair is way too hard to do. Like, oh, uh, God, I would have yeah. to get like wiring and like a harness to like keep her hair up. Like, no. Or just <laughs> a cardboard there. flat cutout. 
I've seen that. I'm going to get knocked over by some kid for yes. sure. Yes. Uh, but yeah, how about you guys? What is your What are your plans for spooky season? I don't know what I'm going to be. <laughs> yeah. Um. You see, like, I always, uh, like, every year I always think, okay, I need to think of a really great costume this year. And then I always just end up wa- uh, winding up being Kevin Smith because I have the jersey. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> and it's such an easy costume. <laughs> But, but it works for you on so many levels, Travis. <laughs> it does. I mean, like, you know, I, I do kind of like resemble like I got, you know, I'm, I'm a bigger guy. I got the beard and everything. So it, it, it works. But um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like, I'm just like, I need to change it up. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to think of something one of these days. But. I, I liked the year stuff when you, Malaysia and I were all werewolves. We yeah. Had a werewolf pack. And then we went to a tiki bar, like werewolves do. <laughs> yeah, as we do. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I really, um, I'm still trying to decide if I'm going to like actually go out or because mm. I'm in, this will be the first Halloween I have in this neighborhood, in this house, mm. if I'm going to pass out candy instead, or if there's even candy that's going to be passed out because of COVID. I'm not sure. Yeah. So I've kind of been researching a little bit on that. And we've been going to uh, spirit Halloween stores here and there on the weekends because my husband really loves to decorate the house. We do a theme every year, albeit it's like, you know, a very small theme, but last two years we did pumpkins and we we did uh, skeletons. Yeah. So we had like skeletons outside. The first year we did pumpkins and then we played um, it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown outside on like uh, on a projector. And this year we want to do like a makeshift haunted mansion because we saw these tombstones and I saw this DIY project where you could um, kind of do an outline of the hitchhiking ghost that I want to do oh, on my garage. Nice. So we want to do that. But when I was at Spirit Halloween, they have uh, the... Um, Okay, they're like, I don't know how to explain it. They're like bags on the end of a long rod, and it looks like a hand, but the inside is cut out, and so it's a trick-or-treat bag. So you could safely social distance. People can give you candy, yes. Yes, I know these because these were at the Freeform event. There it is. (laughs) Ooh, segue. Segue, okay. So yeah, like Steph said, they're like monster hands. Yeah. And then where the palm is, is actually a hole that has a mesh bag that holds the candy. And then you, and then the arm is just the part that you grab and you like push out and someone takes the candy out of the little, little palm crevice bag and then you take it. <laughs> and that's what they had at the, at the Freeform event. Yeah. Um, okay. So as we've segued. Uh, I went to uh, the fourth annual uh, Freeform's 31 Nights of Halloween um, uh, event. Um, This one's known as Halloween Road. Ooh. Uh, And they have set displays for Hocus Pocus, Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, Ghostbusters, and The Addams Family. And uh, I got to go because it was a birthday present because it is my birthday. Birthday month. Burr, 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 burr. It's also Steph's birthday month. <laughs> burr, 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 burr. <laughs> um, and so yeah, so uh, it's it's outdoors for to accommodate for social distancing. And this wasn't the first time that I went. Uh, the first time that I went was the first time they had it, and the tickets were free, and it was inside. So since then, now the tickets are for sale, starting at like thirty seven dollars. I don't know mm. how much my friend paid because she got the drink package. Ooh, there's a drink package. <laughs> yes. Mm. Okay, so they had a VIP beer garden that was like right next to the stage, um, and I had soda because I don't. 
don't drink. I'm allergic. <laughs> but everybody else got to have some wine and beer, like a whole Stella. A whole Stella wasn't even like bad drinks. So that was cool. <laughs> the the entrance uh, had giant octopus arms, and they definitely look like Ursula's octopus arms because they were black and purple. Ooh. But there was no Little Mermaid theme stuff, so I don't think that I think it was just a spooky aesthetic. I don't think they meant uh, Ursula, but I I mm. went Ursula in my head. Maybe the Kraken, yeah, or something. Oh, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. They were they were giant octopus arms, both inflatable and cardboard cutout. Oh, okay. um, mm-hmm. and uh, right when you walk in after you've checked in. Um, and you sign a waiver, uh, you get to trick or treat. They hand you a canvas bag, a little spooky canvas bag, and um, it gives you a punch card, essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. And you go to a bunch of trick or treating spots. There was like eight. And they cool. had those those monster hands. And um, each little booth had a person inside of it. And the booth was um, decorated like a bat or a pumpkin or a mm-hmm. scary tree. And the whole time they were playing um, the uh, Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack in like different versions. So it was de- there was the just the orchestra version, and then there was like um, these were not the original singers. So I I don't know if it was like a Disney like acapella type thing. Ooh, oh maybe like Disney Junior type of mm-hmm. singing, um, but it was mixed up like that. Um, and, uh, and there was no jump scares. So this was definitely an event that was, that was very kid friendly, more just like for photo ops. And mm. it was at the Heritage Square Museum in LA. Oh, yeah. Cool. So for people who don't know, it's, um, a museum that highlights the settlement and development of Southern California during its first hundred years of statehood. Mm-hmm. So there are buildings there from the civil war to the early 20th century There's eight historic mm-hmm. structures. Um, and they were all saved from demolition, uh, to be turned into a museum. Uh, I should also note, I didn't know this event was outside. So you're going to guess I probably didn't wear the most appropriate (laughs) footwear. Oh, uh uh-oh. What did you wear? High-heeled boots. Oh. (laughs) Because you didn't think you were walking? (laughs) No, because I was remembering the first time I went, and it was inside a building, and it definitely wasn't, like, miles long of walking and trick-or-treating. Oh, man. It did mention a road. I I didn't even know that that it was a road. uh, This was all a surprise to me. I found out literally, like, a a couple of days before that she'd gotten these tickets, and I had to go. Um, and I just thought, oh, we're all black because that, that's like classy witchy. Like, that would be fun. <laughs> so of the buildings, um, the Colonial Drugstore Building, um, which has four large columns, was turned in Town Hall from The Nightmare Before Christmas. And it even mm-hmm. had the clock that was spinning, counting down to Christmas. Cool. Um, another house that had the haunted toys from The Nightmare Before Christmas outside of it um, uh, was at the very end. Um, and there was even a Nightmare Before Christmas themed photo op uh, with Oogie Boogie. And at his station, you could actually try and win prizes. I didn't win any. <laughs> but you spin a wheel or you roll dice to get snake eyes. And they had a Disneyland exclusive there. If you rode, <gasps> rolled snake eyes, you would have gotten a Jack Skellington sipper cup. Whoa. Yeah, it basically looks like a giant Jack Skellington plushie. But when you pull apart the middle, it's a cup. Oh, wow. That is so cool. My uh, my friend Chad, um, he won, a, uh, when he spun the wheel, he won an actual limited edition Funko of the mayor. Ooh, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. And and he's never seen The Nightmare Before Christmas. What? what? 
What? And he's never seen Hocus Pocus. He won't watch any of them with me, and he wouldn't give me the Funko. The turd. <sighs> What's going to... Chad, I hope you're listening. Wow. <laughs> All right, Chad. Not, not cool, Chad. Not cool. remember that. Not cool, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> there was also the uh, Town Hall Fountain, which has that creature, mm. like, vomiting green liquid yeah. that you can take a picture of. And you could even take a picture of the bathtub from Lock, Shock, and Barrel's clubhouse. You can take a nice. picture inside of it. Cool. Um, another house uh, built in 1887, the James and Bessie Hale House, which is designed um, in the Queen Anne and East Lake styles. It had the Ghostbusters vehicle outside oh, wow. and a guy in Ghostbusters gear. And the house had a light display attached to the windows that showed Slimer just roaming around making faces at the crowd and like taking selfies or um, this like in the windows, the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man like peeking through. And there was a giant inflatable Stay Puff Marshmallow Man that was as tall as the actual building. <laughs> That's so cool. And all of that take pictures with. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. And then the... Um, the, the last house was the Valley Nuts and Garden Residence, uh, which features a second empire with a French um, mansard-style roof. And that was the Adams family house. Oh, cool. And both Wednesday and Fester Adams were outside of there. Everybody was taking pictures with Wednesday. Nobody was really taking pictures with Fester, so I walked up to him and I asked if he'd take a selfie with me, and he did. Yeah. <laughs> Fester didn't get no love. No. Poor Fester. Oh, poor Fester. Fester's my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> he was so endearing to me in the movies so sweet <laughs> so mm-hmm. sweet he just he means well he just looks a little strange <laughs> mm-hmm. so the final thing which makes this a semi-disney event also disney was um one of the sponsors but was all the hocus pocus stuff so you <laughs> could take a picture outside a replica of the sanderson sisters house with even like the the giant like mill and the window oh. where you can just pop out of the window and talk about how disgustingly glorious the morning is <laughs> or scream for your book. Um, there's a photo op with the Sanderson sisters, uh, complete with a glowing cauldron. So I took a picture with Sister Sarah. Uh, and there were actual cages that you could climb into. And so I had Chad climb in them with me and we played rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> that was our photo idea. I thought that was clever. Um, and then the best part of the evening, the best, best part, is that they had an actual stage next to the beer garden that um, drag performers performed, and they were the Sanderson sisters, and they performed yes. uh, Put a Spell on You. Yes! That is so cool. So there was um, Miss Lucky 13 played Winifred Sanderson, Jerrica was uh, Mary Sanderson, and Camilla Angeline Mario was Sarah Sanderson. I recorded the whole thing. For some reason, I can't post it on Instagram, so I'm going to post it on our Twitter. Yeah, we're going to try, though. I think I think I know the trick, but that is so cool. Like, I think I think Freeform, what used to be ABC Family, has now cemented itself as like, we're just going to celebrate the holidays and like <laughs> do it all in one go because they can use all of those properties, even though they're owned, you know, by Disney. They can still show Ghostbusters. They can still show um, Adam's Family and like Night Before Christmas and anything really, mm-hmm. um, and and make these events for people to immerse themselves in and promote their channel. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I thought, what a clever way to show off these historic buildings. Um, like even the fact that they thought to make 
what used to be a uh, like a, a drugstore into the front town hall of the Nightmare Before Christmas simply because it had those columns. Like, mm-hmm. ingenious. Yeah. And it's such a good use of that because you normally only see it if you're ever on the 110 freeway, <laughs> which, like, is never actually really, like, used a no, lot. It's the oldest um, freeway and ain't nobody know where it is. Ain't nobody go on it. <laughs> I... I also know that many Angelinos are terrified to go on that because that since it is the oldest freeway, the on ramps are like so tiny. And yes. I've known so many people who get into accidents on those freeways because mm-hmm. you literally need to go zero to like 65 or 70 in like two seconds. Yes. And if your car can't handle that, you're toast. So um, but because there's so many old buildings and beautiful buildings, there's um, buildings that look like uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends in that little mm-hmm. like Heritage Square Museum area. It's such a charming place for people who love um, spooky architecture yeah. and um, old Gothic Victorian style era houses. So if you ever want to do a photo shoot there, I know some people who have and um, they make it look really cool because it just has that feel. Well that's a lot of spooky season even though we're in the beginning of October (laughs) but yeah I mean I think if you guys have the chance to go to the freeform thing um 10 out of 10 would recommend right 10 out of 10 would recommend it's done they always do it the first five five days of um October and the tickets sold out in September just like oogie boogies it seems (laughs) (laughs) but um if you are going to do spooky season stuff, uh, I suggest going to downtown Disney. Um, they have free things to do there all the time. Um, you can do a pumpkin hunt. Uh, it's like a scavenger hunt with stickers and then you get to win a tumbler. So mm-hmm. that's always good. You only get to pay or you only have to pay $10 for the card to do it. Um, but there's something to do that doesn't require you getting tickets way in advance. <laughs> But yeah, is there anything else you guys know of around? Uh, for... What about that area? Is it Van Nuys? No. Um, oh, here you go. Spooky Hollows. Yeah, Spooky it's Hollows. It's in Van Nuys. Van Nuys. Um, there we go. Okay. Which is, I live in Van Nuys and it's spooky all year round. But <laughs> if you want to be even more spooked out, uh, you could check that out. But um, yeah. Travis, anything to add? Uh, I will just say for spooky season... Los Angeles is like the place to be for spooky season. Like there's always amazing events going on, uh, not just Disney related, but also like a, a horror related events, Halloween related. Mm. Uh, I know uh, uh, Burbank actually, there's like a whole uh, on uh, Magnolia Boulevard there, there's like a whole stretch of, um, and this is actually year round. Um, it's not just for spooky season, but there's a whole stretch yeah. of uh, like Halloween themed stores. Like a Halloween town is a year round costume store. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also they also have um, uh, not just the costume store, but they also have like a whole other store where it's just like uh, Halloween and horror memorabilia and uh, yes. uh, action figures, all kinds of cool stuff. And uh, um, uh, the Bearded Lady Mystic Museum is right across the street from them. Uh, that they always have a really uh, cool exhibits around this time of year. So it's just a really great time to be in los angeles is october <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to share a little bit of why people are attracted to being scared um uh, we tend to pathologize this interest and it's actually pretty normal for people in general um we like being scared we find it enjoyable because it evokes the behavioral response of fight flight and freeze this is the response that we get from our amygdala um, it's our oldest brain it's the brain we share with lizards and fish so if you ever see a gecko and it like freezes on you or scurries away, you share the same brain. (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) 
This is Pascal, little Pascal. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's cute. Uh, okay, so the first reason people like to be scared is because of the safety net. When we are playing a scary video game or watching a horror flick, our brain immediately knows we are safe and free from risk. And so we get to experience something called a controlled fear. And we have a suspense response within our brain knowing that we aren't in harm or danger. So essentially, we are playing with a feeling of being unsafe when we're actually safe. Hmm. Um, so with video games, we know we can pause them. With movies at home, we know we can pause them or stop them. We could play or watch these things with the lights on. Um, and uh, jump scare games uh, are actually a really good rapport building activity in therapy. For, so if therapists... Um, embrace the spooky season and play uh, some very spooky games with uh, your your youths. Um, <laughs> secondly, we get a rush of adrenaline and then endorphins and dopamine, um, which actually feels very pleasurable. Uh, these chemicals, they flood our system and then they dissipate very fast. So we get to have a sense of relief. And that sense of relief, again, reminds us that we are safe. Uh, and so that makes us want to sort of do the scary thing again. So if you ever go through like a haunted maze, it doesn't matter how many times you've gone, you want to go back. <laughs> Sometimes, not all the time. Uh, a roller coaster, <laughs> then credit coaster. Yeah. Roll, roll, yeah. <laughs> Spooky, yeah. <laughs> and then um, for some, it's actually uh, self satisfaction. Uh, we want to push the envelope in seeking thrills, and we want to tolerate large amounts of fear so we can get a sense of pride. Uh, so for my youth in therapy, sometimes we play video games with jump scares, and because they weren't jumping they didn't respond they mastered sort of their fear uh they they actually get a good increase in their self-esteem um so if you're uh if you know some that scary music starts to play or like there's always the scene with the mirror and then the person goes down to wash their face and then they look up and there's like a monster behind them <laughs> if you don't react and you're just chill as a cucumber then yeah you mastered your fear and you're gonna feel all powerful in that moment uh. <laughs> Not relatable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Some of the final reasons um, when there are fear inducing activities done in a group, this is actually a bonding experience um, mm. because we all have the same biochemical flooding and overcoming peril. Uh, we get to solidify our friendships um, through overcoming scary obstacles. Um, it actually makes the experience even more enjoyable when you're sharing it with friends. I haven't really gone to a haunted maze alone, so I'd, I'd have to say yes. Um, <laughs> that's true it's very rare that you do those things by yourself and i mean even if you're like an avid goer just like our friend tanya who mm -hmm. like on her instagram stories i think has been to halloween horror nights like seven times already since it started um she'd be with her homies so yeah. well and she is a scare actor so she does she the spookying yep, yep 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 all right so uh for some of my clients who have experienced trauma inducing fear on purpose is a form of controlled processing around trauma and loss. It resonates with them in a way that's hard to explain. So in session, we explore that. Um, and so this is part of that normalizing, being attracted to fear because their experience with it is very different, having lived a very different experience. Um, we actually uh, highlight how it's it's pleasurable, enjoyable for them and how their level of understanding of fear mm -hmm. is vastly different than uh, their friends or family around them who may not have experienced trauma. Mm, interesting. 
the final one, which I think maybe resonates with uh, maybe the three of us, certainly resonates with me, is that of just sheer curiosity. Mm. Uh, something we explore a lot in therapy. Many people are curious about the dark side or um, sometimes what we call the shadow self. Um, our brains are wired to attempt to try and make sense of our world. So exploring the unknown or things that are spooky gives us a closer feeling of understanding and knowledge. Mm. I can relate to that. I think when things spook me or when I'm scared of something, like I always am so tempted to figure out what's going to happen next so that I don't get jump scared. Like, I'm just like, okay, like I want to be ahead of the game. You know what I mean? So like whenever, I mean, I don't watch spooky movies in theaters because I feel like I'm too alone in my thoughts that like I get like super neurotic and I'm just like, oh my God, like it's just gonna, it's like right behind me. It's too real for me. So I can only watch scary movies in daylight in my house. There you go. Control. <laughs> because I control the environment. Like yes. it's, it's too much for me. And I think, I mean, going back to um, Halloween Horror Nights, the one and only time that I went, I was like terrified because I just didn't know what to expect. Like when I go to a theme park, I know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm, I know mm -hmm. these experiences. I know what rides I'm going to get. But like mazes are like a whole nother thing for me. And like you're, you know, back before COVID, like you were packed in with so many people. Yeah. And it's just like it, it was too much like in your face happenings mm. that it was just like first of all I guess my personal space just wasn't like you know accommodating that yeah. because yeah. it you, people were getting in your face with a chainsaw like breathing <laughs> in your face with a mask a freaking and like, clowns yeah freaking clowns and like people chase you and I know some people like that but I don't like being chased <laughs> I'm just like leave me the alone like what did, go to that person but of course the more you try to evade them the more they go to you yeah. so clearly I was like a target and you know maybe Tanya can shed a little light on this but because I couldn't control the environment it was just like what am I wasting my money on <laughs> however I did like all of the effects and how real everything was from like you know a production standpoint it was very immersive and I thought that was really cool that you could really like check out and pretend that you're in these movies and if there was like a burning body on the floor it smelled like bacon in the room like I thought that was cool <laughs> um but you know uh it was it was not helping my curiosity because <laughs> I couldn't figure it out you didn't have enough time to process. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> yeah, for me, I'm I'm a huge uh, uh, horror fan when it comes to the movies. Um, I, I, I uh, unlike Stephanie, I do go watch them in the theater. <laughs> um, and, uh, You're a brave man. <laughs> yeah, because well, to be honest, that's that's actually the only real way that I can. Because uh, I, I don't know, I, th I think it's more uh, for me, like, because I've been like, I grew up on a lot of horror movies. Like, I think mm. I saw, uh, I think I saw The Exorcist when I was like ten. Um, so, oh, there you go. <laughs> You—they broke you in early. <laughs> really? Yeah. So I've—I've I've, I've had my training with that, I suppose. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, yeah. So I guess that—that's really the only way that I can like really get the kind of thrill that I want from a horror movie. Like if mm -hmm. I just watch it at home, I'm not going to get scared at all. Um, yeah. Like it just doesn't do it for like no matter what happens, like we can even have like the Dolby surround on and it won't, yeah. it still won't phase me. But, <laughs> but in the theater, like, uh, like uh, one, one example I can think of uh, sort of recently was uh, the uh, uh, 2017 it. Uh, I went to go see that in the theater when that came out. Ooh. And uh, whew, that was <laughs> like, Dang. just, yeah, and uh, that was that was an experience. <laughs> just seeing yeah. that you know the clown pop out and just. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that got a lot of people. I heard it got a lot. Like even people that 
I don't like normally they don't get scared like that. Like it got them good. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, the eyes, them crooked eyes he can do naturally that was not CGI freaked me the f out. Mm-hmm. Oh right, <laughs> like yeah, the actor of uh, Bill Skarsgård, he's like mm-hmm. just, I mean, even just just his face, like without any of the makeup on, just his face, he has one <laughs> of the just the like, just very one pointy. Of the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised that he isn't a Bond villain. Yeah. He could totally be a Bond villain. A great Bond villain. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You're right. I didn't even think about that. Maybe for the next one. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Whoever yeah. bought may be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, this one's Daniel Craig's last, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, but uh, getting back to that, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, for me, though, I guess uh, I'm kind of, uh, so the movies don't necessarily scare me quite as much as uh, as they used to, but uh, the, the mazes and, like, the horror, uh, like, haunted houses and stuff, that... Um, you know, it's it's kind of hard for me to say because, like, I don't really want to say, like, I'm scared, mm-hmm. per se. Like, I mean, I know it's all fake. I know it's all an act. But at the same time, like, just, uh, I, I guess, kind of what, so what's uh, kind of what you were talking about, Stephanie, like, you know, your personal space is invaded. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, get away yeah. from me, you know. just <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I guess I have kind of that reaction, you know, like, um uh, but yeah, it's, uh, but I mean, I do love to be around all this stuff. Uh, I love, uh, mm-hmm. I love horror. I love going to, I love going to horror conventions as yeah. well. Uh, like, uh, here in LA, we have Monster Palooza, oh, yeah. uh, and, uh, Midsummer Scream. Like, uh, I, I go to those every year, um, which unfortunately they had to cancel this year yeah. again because of COVID. Yeah. yeah. I think it's great that, you know, there's so many different ways to dissect spooky things mm-hmm. and different ways to process it. It's not just always, you know, like, I just want to be scared out of my wits for the sheer adrenaline of it um, because I, that's that's not the case for me. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I think now that there's so many levels of celebrating spooky season, like Disney does it its own way for, mm-hmm. you know, kids who aren't like, okay with being scared, like in your face with blood and gore. <laughs> um, but they do spooky season in a different way. And I think Disney villains per se are very, diverse in that way because they scare you in different ways Mm -hmm. um psychologically they scare you in the ways that you don't feel safe um not because you know they're out to like mangle you up but (laughs) (laughs) like uh, i think of mother gothel and how you know she made rapunzel feel a certain way and didn't make her feel safe and you know even though she looked like a witch that's that's kind of like her her, her stepmom so mm-hmm. you know it didn't make her feel like she was comforted and so that's why she was thought of as a villain in our eyes yeah it's interesting now uh in watching hocus pocus become a phenomenon because when it first was released it was like technically a flop um mm. because he the Sanderson sisters are supposed to be villains and villain culture has just been so embraced and mm-hmm. they're almost I mean I even watch it with the the guys of I get it they eat children but like they just are too funny for me to think of them as evil <laughs> yeah. it's true it's just Bette Midler doing her thing Kathy and Jimmy doing her thing <laughs> <laughs> there's a scene where they do a calming circle and I mean that's just so right and natural i feel like plenty of people need to do a common circle and admit and be honest when they are upset because uh certainly bet miller's character was freaking upset and she was lying to herself uh that to me does not seem like villain behavior <laughs> he's not in the classic trope <laughs> yeah definitely not um 
Oh, man. Well, now I got to go watch it because I haven't seen it in years. So I feel like it'll be something fun to watch in without commercials because it's mm-hmm. on Disney Plus mm-hmm. um, and in preparation for next year's movie, which who knows how that's going to be. I have high hopes for it. I hope it doesn't disappoint um, because to have all those powerhouse people in there and also like it switched hands so many times. I hope it doesn't falter because of that, as we've seen in other franchises like Star mm-hmm. Wars. Um, I I just hope for the best because it would be a shame for them to waste one of Bette Midler's, you know, I don't know what she'd be doing now, but it's probably going to be one of her like final things yeah. before, you know, she just goes, I'm just going to chill for the rest of my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Travis, anything to add? Are you going to be on the movie grader podcast anytime soon? Uh, yeah. Um, we, sh- uh, we should be here soon. I'm not sure we've been, uh, uh, it's uh, just a scheduling issue. We we have a big episode planned because we're a little behind, but uh, we got uh, we're going to be covering uh, Shang Chi and uh, um, uh, Venom, uh, some uh, many Saints of Newark, uh, a lot of the new releases that have just recently come out. But it's going to be a really jam packed episode because we missed so much. But um, but uh, yeah, it should be fun. Yeah. Thank you for joining <laughs> us, Travis, here on our spooky podcast. <laughs> oh yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. This has been a blast. I've really really enjoyed getting to talk about this. This is one of my favorite movies, and this is one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. So it's been a real treat to be here. Thank you. <laughs> Yay! And we can't wait to have you back to talk about more stuff. Yes, absolutely. Um, because you are a trusted friend, and we we are always up for your take on consuming all of the things that we consume. Yes. There's so much to talk about, so many things, so much content. And now the holiday season is upon us around the corner, but um, we all hope that you guys stay safe this Halloween, no matter what you do. Um, Make sure to always check your candy. (laughs) (laughs) This is me as a mom talking and as an educator, always check your candy kids. Um, And, you know, try, try not to, eat everything in one sitting because us teachers we're gonna know that coming monday after halloween how much candy you ate because Mm -hmm. we are gonna know who's gonna be in trouble all day for being too hyper because that halloween hangover is real yes that sugar crash the sugar crash is real so yeah i hope you guys both have a safe spooky season and halloween and we hope um, that you guys enjoyed this episode of The Happiest Pod on Earth. Yes, please uh, follow us, tweet us your uh, spooky season events that you will be attending, um, even if it's just to curl up with some cocoa and popcorn and watching a scary movie. Um, you can tweet us at happiestpodgt. Um, that is also our Instagram. And we have a Facebook that's been forgotten but will be remembered someday. <laughs> Travis, where can people follow you? Oh, uh, I'm on uh, all the socials, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, You can find me at uh, at Trav underscore Adair. That's both my Twitter and my Instagram. So uh, give me a follow there. Also uh, follow uh, the Movie Greater and Friends podcast. Uh, sorry, neighbors' dogs are barking. <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, uh, definitely ch- check us out there as well, and uh, definitely give Happiest Pod a follow on the social channels as well. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, everyone. We'll see you next time. Yeah, have a happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Bye. Bye. <laughs>